This podcast episode reflects the opinions of the guests and not of Brown Rudnick. This episode is presented for informational purposes only and is not intended to be construed or used as general legal advice nor a solicitation of any type. Brown Rudnick does not represent that the securities, products, or services discussed in this podcast are suitable for any particular investor. Today we are talking with Stephen Kyle-Henny of Tysix Limited, the metal composites company based in Farnborough, England. Stephen is an engineer and the managing director of Tysix, a company that he founded and has been running since 2005 with significant experience in numerous manufacturing applications. Welcome to the podcast. So to kick off with Tysix, what is it and what do you do? Tysix is a, a small uh, innovation-driven business that's pioneering ultra-strong, lightweight components uh, from metal matrix composites. We work in the space sector to lightweight structural components for satellites, launches or science missions, and pressure vessels and robotic arms um, that have to be very light and very reliable for space. In the aviation sector, we're currently developing main landing gear for large civil aircraft and other components around engines and actuators. Our technologies have extensive applications for high-performance systems where strength, mass reduction, corrosion resistance, and temperature properties can be optimized. So, for example, I have, you can see on our website, a tube about 250 millimeters long. It's about 20 millimeters diameter and about 0.7 millimeters wall thickness. That tube will support the weight of an African elephant. That's 5,000 kilos. There's no other material that will support that sort of load at those sort of dimensions. And we achieve that by putting a ceramic fiber into metals. By using some amazing lightweight technology, we can produce net shape components and we're accelerating green technology for aviation and the transition to net zero flying. Stephen, you founded Tysix in 2005. Can you tell us a little bit about your path to Tysix and how you've grown the business since then? Yeah, sure. I started working on this technology as a student. The lightness, the strength, the performance was significantly better than anything I've been taught in the university, and it still is. I continued to work with the early development, which covered everything from plant commissioning, developing technology, and then had a, a brief stint making high-volume electronic components. That experience is really good. So coming from a research background into high-volume manufacturing has stood me in good stead for Tysix. Um, I was recruited back to the metal matrix composite business uh, when the technology passed into the UK Ministry of Defence as a strategic technology for light weighting and gradually helped to grow that business towards the civil aviation sector and space sector and other energy sector applications, so away from MOD. When the opportunity came to buy the technology from Kinetic before they floated on the stock market, I led a team of, of engineers to negotiate a management buyout and set up TISIX and transfer it back to the private sector as a SME. We managed to retain all the links to our major customers and suppliers in the aerospace and other sectors and have been developing the technology for industrial use and industrialization in markets where, where this MMC technology adds significant value to our customers' products. We've had a lot of support from government funding, customer contracts and academia to develop material and product technologies. And this has provided the working capital alongside management team investment to enable us to focus on the core business and retaining IP expertise and critical technology in-house to ensure that we can deliver uh, the products our customers need. We've now reached the point where our customers are pushing us to expand and build the industrial capacity ready for products they're paying us to develop and qualify for their use. 
we built a great team to build this and make this possible and continue to grow that and grow our capacity and skills throughout. I'm a few years down the road now, but I still get a huge buzz out of seeing the reaction I get when people pick up some of our material and just exclaim how light it is. It always surprises them. And who are the other key team members that you're working with to kind of make this dream possible? So key team members, I've got a colleague, Dave, who is the leader in developing the composite technology. He and I have worked alongside for a very long time now. And he continues to develop it. One of the directors, Mick, has extensive experience in the space sector, having developed and qualified parts and has components flying on satellites today and, and is helping to develop that side of the business. Our business strategy director, Antica, has recently won a, an UPRI fellowship to develop and digitize all of our manufacturing technology so that we are fully ready for the next level of industrialization and developing the business structure. We have a chief engineer for our aerospace development with previous experience with major aerospace companies in UK, Europe and, and USA. And he's helping to ensure the development work we do on landing gear is fit for flight use. A dedicated program management manager with aerospace experience working on NADCAP certification life sciences with Bausch and Lom, and measurement and regulatory issues with National Physical Laboratory in the UK. So a lot of experience around that um, system level and detailed qualification level, certification level that we need. And also a lot of experience with the UK government and strategic funding for the UK. And we recruited production leaders and machining experts to allow us to deliver what we've got to deliver going forward. You touched on net zero. Uh, can you expand a little bit about how TIE6 is helping the fight in getting the world to net zero? Yeah, I mean, this is something that's been core to the business since we set it up um, and was one of the main motivations. We're leading a new class of materials which are innovative and will accelerate that transition to net zero. If you can make things lighter, you reduce the fuel burn. And you can do that today. So CO2 emissions from aircraft will increase by 21% by 2040 with current aircraft technology. And therefore, something has to change to um, meet those emission targets. Weight reduction is fundamental to that. And aircraft have been developed for a long while. They use the lightest materials they can where they can. But metals are still used in critical components like landing gear engines and actuation systems. And TISIX has pretty much the only game-changing technology to deliver further light weighting in those components. It has to be strong. It has to be stiff. It has to be corrosion resistant. It has to operate at temperature. And these are really demanding requirements. And we put a lot of work into getting our technology to state. Aircraft manufacturers and their suppliers can use it to deliver that mass saving. If we can get 30% out of the weight of a landing gear on a, a small jet like an A320, we can save something like 3.7 million tonnes of CO2 a year across their fleet. That's a huge amount. Without having to radically change the aircraft, we can do that today as well as more for the future. Sounds like you've come across some big challenges already. So if you have to think about the clean tech manufacturing world as a whole, what are the biggest challenges that they're facing and how are you dealing with them? The biggest challenges for clean tech manufacturing is typically the long development timeframes. For most investors, that's not something they're used to having come from an IT background, for instance. The need to invest to get both the technology developed, get it qualified so that it can be flown on aircraft, and then to build the manufacturing infrastructure to deliver this is quite a long-term investment. 
The benefit is it's also a long-term market. You know, our products will typically be there for 20, 25 years. It's not like a piece of software that's going to renew every three years. So it's a long haul to get to there and then a very long time once you're there. Now, fortunately, we've done a lot of that work up till now. You know, the time I've spent on this since 2005 and before has got us to that point. We're ready to deliver once we build those factories and we've got the investment in to do it. On the other side, it's the demand. Companies that need lightweighting and, and need new technologies need to have an incentive to do it. Um, and for a long time, aviation's wanted to get a cleaner, more efficient aircraft because it helps the operating cost. Now they're being driven to do this because it will save the environment. They'll be driven because it's the right thing to do. They'll be driven because governments will require them to do it and ultimately may enforce that they do it. But also their customers will choose with their feet those companies that offer the best efficiency, the lowest emissions. And we're part of that technology path to help deliver that. And as I say, we can do that today. It's not waiting 10 years for a new technology. It'll still be there in 10 years time and it'll be better. In terms of markets, where are you currently uh, doing business um, and where are you looking to expand to? Current business is it's largely in aerospace, so landing gear engines, brakes, the metallic components. We're pushing into the space sector because, as last year proved, people need digital communications more and more. And lighter, cheaper, higher efficiency, higher performance satellites are needed. And we provide the technology to allow that to happen quicker and more efficiently and with less manufacturing waste. So again, it's, it's a benefit to the environment to do things differently. And there's an appetite to do that. Next sector we're into is energy generation. If you can make equipment for generating energy, be it steam turbines, be it wind turbines or wave power, if you can make them lighter, corrosion resistant, then they last longer. They'll generate more power per unit input. So our technology transfers to that and then ultimately into to, to ground transport if we can get the volumes up that are needed for automotive trucks, trains, and possibly even marine. So huge market opportunities, a lightweight corrosion resistant material. There's lots of things you can use it for. And what really differentiates your product from the rest of the market? The differentiator is the high performance that, that we can achieve. We can drop in our technology to an existing component that's made from metal. You don't have to redesign the whole system to get a new technology in there, but it's lighter. We can replace steels that you have to paint and often paint with some, some fairly nasty chemicals with titanium that's corrosion resistant, but is stronger and stiffer and will last longer and is lighter, lots lighter. So the differentiator is that ability to make a part today that can go into improve today's systems, but also offer them the technology that in the future they can really optimize the whole system and really get much more significant gains. So there's an engine component that we've been working on that if you can use our technology in it, it will be 70% lighter than the current and typical design of that component. But you can only do that with our material because it offers different performance and you redesign the engine around that. Now, that's going to take longer to bring into service, but it shows how system optimization as well as component optimization uh, can be achieved. And it is our material that does that. No one else is making this material that we're aware of worldwide. And that's a huge, huge differentiator over existing technologies.
With respect to funding, I know you spoke about, you know, a desire to expand manufacturing capabilities. What are you looking to raise? How much have you raised and how will the capital be deployed? Okay, so we're looking to raise around about uh, 1.5, 1.6 million. That gives us an 18 month runway um, to continue the development that we've gone through this year. Our customer partner on, on the current project, three, uh, two and a half million pound project, is going to be testing this technology in a full size landing gear next February. They will then go away and work out how to get us into their product development programs. And what we will need to do is to continue our development, build the team, both the commercial and technical team, secure the IP that we need to make sure that we can use this technology as widely and is is owned by us and protected by us as we possibly can. Once we get this out into the marketplace, people are going to want to follow and we need to be ahead of the game. And that investment allows us to make sure we, we get ahead of the game, we stay ahead of the game and we secure it for our investors and for the next level on. What is the growth strategy for TIE6 over the next 12 months? Over the next 12 months, we'll be testing our components in a full-scale landing gear system. This has been developed uh, in collaboration with the world's largest landing gear manufacturer. This demonstration at full scale in a full system test is a key precursor to the primes, the, the, the people who build aircraft, taking the technology to the next level and, and introducing it to their aircraft. So our market focuses on market penetration with our customers so that they, they understand what we can do, what the material can deliver, what TISITs can deliver, so that they can start working with us to develop new products based on their existing systems. Again, drop in, let's get this technology up and flying quickly. Let's get the benefits out there very quickly and then grow the industrial capability, industrial capacity to meet a range of customers, a range of markets. We also obviously have to grow the team within that time frame to meet demand. And as I mentioned earlier, to secure the IP, it's really important that the technology we're developing, we retain and we retain the protection on that and secure it in as many areas as we can to allow us to exploit and grow and generate the investment case that our, our, our investors need. As a more established business, do you have any advice for other entrepreneurs just getting started? Yes, I think I have. I would advise that people setting up a company understand what their customer wants from the technology or, or the business they're setting up. It's very easy to look at what you think you want to do and what you enjoy doing, but it's very, very important as an entrepreneur, you're absolutely focused on what the customer wants, what the customer needs, and what benefit you're going to give them. Because if you give them that big benefit, they'll take you with them to deliver it. If you offer them something they don't know they need, you've got to convince them they need it. You can do that later, but first, get the products out there that they need that offer them real value, real benefit. And that's what we've been focusing on. We've had a long time ahead of starting TISICS to understand customer requirements. We were probably slightly ahead of the curve in terms of having a technology for light weighting and emission reduction. The drives have increased significantly in the last few years, and we're ready to deliver now. Fortunately, we've got the technology ready and have been able to develop it. And that's the sort of thing you need to do. Get your technology ready and out there. You need that market pull. It shouldn't always be technology push or company push. That'll be my major thing. And look at where you're going to need the finance and get that planned and work with your team to deliver that. It's been such a pleasure speaking with you today, Stephen. And thanks for um, that kind of key insight. Um, if people want to get in touch, how can they reach out to you? We're actively talking to investors and we're pitching at the Greenbackers pitch during COP26 in Glasgow. 
Uh, we're happy to meet people in person or through the Technology Innovation Centre or Deal and Portal. Come and talk to us. Always welcome people to visit us in Farnborough at our site. All the details are on the website. And please come and see us, really. Talk to us. We'd love to explain what we do. And even more, love to give you a piece of the technology to hold because then you really will understand what we can deliver. Well, we'll look forward to seeing you in Glasgow at COP26. I just want to say thank you again for joining us and um, also to Greenbackers for putting together the Super Pitch. Be sure to check out all of the companies participating in the Super Pitch at greenbackers.com and all of the other podcasts. Thanks very much and speak to you soon. If you have feedback on today's episode, please contact communications at brownrudnick.com. Thanks for listening.